Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. I hope I have something to say that will edify you and encourage you in some way. If you consider yourself a visitor, we'd like to welcome you and say, hang around, I'd like to get to know you. As, Mike, as Matt mentioned before services, we're going to be continuing our series on the road to the cross, taking place over Jesus' final months on this earth. And where we are now, where this parable takes place, Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's been to the temple. And something that's important to realize about this parable of the talents is who he's talking to. You know, Jesus has talked to many people along this road. He's talked to the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He's talked to his apostles. He's talked and talked to a lot of people. And in context, you need to know who he's talking to in order to do this. Who he's talking to here is his disciples. These are people that are already claiming to follow him. These are people that have followed him on this journey that he's taken. These are people that have seen him feed the 5,000. These are people that have seen him do the miracles. These are the people that believe in him. These are the people that believe he's the Messiah, is who he's talking to at this point. It's not the Pharisees he's talking to that are out to kill him. It's not the Sadducees. It's not the scribes. It's not the religious leaders of the day. It's the people that have already been following him. So now that we have that context, what does this mean for us? Because we claim to be followers of Christ today. We claim to be his disciples. We claim to want to do things that he would want us to do. So what can we get out of this parable? You know, any parable that starts off, the kingdom of heaven is like unto, that's pretty important, I think. Because we all want to be part of the kingdom of heaven, or we wouldn't be here today. If you didn't want to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, you wouldn't waste your time being here. So anytime a parable starts off that way, that means it's something to do with the kingdom. So we know it's something to do with us because we want to be part of that kingdom. Well, the first thing we need to realize is the very first verse. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants together and delivered his goods to them. So this man's about to take a journey and he has these goods he's wanting taken care of. So he delivers them to his servants. He says, I want you to take care of these things. I want you to take care of my business while I'm gone. You know, the first thing is, this wasn't the servant's possessions. The servants didn't own these things. It was the masters. The, masters own, the master owned it. Just as today, we really don't own anything. God owns it all. He's given it to us to watch over and take care of. If you look in 1 Corinthians 10 and 26, For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. This is a quote coming out of Psalms. Everything in the earth is the Lord's. It doesn't matter what it is. It belongs to God. The money we have, the abilities we have, even the very breath we're breathing right now belongs to God. He's just letting us use it for a while and take care of it. In Philippians 4, 19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, in school we learn about basic needs. We learn, hey, we need food, we need water to survive. Those are some basic needs. And we go about trying to provide those for ourselves when really it's God providing it for us. You know, we, we go out there and we say, I got this good job, it's going to be able to provide for my needs. Who gave you the ability to get that job? Who gave you the talent to make that money? You know, whenever we're talking about this here, it can be kind of down because in this country, we like to think, man, I've worked my way up. I'm doing all this great stuff. I'm really making a way for myself. 
And that's really a prideful attitude. When God has just seen fit to bless this country very richly. We have been very blessed, and none of it's of our own doing. As a matter of fact, a lot of people are thinking the country's trying to destroy itself at this time, but... And none of it's of our own doing. It's all from God. In James 1 and 17, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good thing you have came from God. Every one of it. Every, everything. Your health, that came from God. You know, there's people that struggle with their health at this time. All God's doing is expecting you to take care of it till he comes back. And use it until he comes back. You know, back in Matthew 25, he said, And one he gave five talents to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately went on a journey. So now he's already divided it out. He's given one man five talents, one man two talents, and one man one talent. Now, a talent at this time is a sum of money. All the research I've done, people really don't know the value it would be in today's money. Some say it could be as high as a million dollars. I don't, I'm not really sure. I'm not an expert on foreign currency and what it would be worth today. That's just what my limited Googling skills got me. But think about that. He's given, them a great, he's given one a great amount, five talents. One, he got two talents. That's a pretty good amount. And then one, one. We, th- we kind of feel sorry for that one talent guy. What did he do to get the short end of the stick over here? <laughs> Nothing. But if you look in the scripture, it continues, it explains itself. He gave to each according to his own ability. The master knew the ability of the servant. He knew what that servant can do with what he gave to him. Just like God knows what you can do with what he gives to you. You may not know, get every ability you want. You may not get all the money you want. You may not get all the talent you want. But God knows what you need and provides it according to your abilities. Here in 1 Corinthians 12, 29 and 30, it says, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Not everybody can do everything on that list. (laughs) People would like to think they can. I'm sure that was a, a, a problem back in the day with false prophets and things, people claiming false prophecies. Everybody would like to think they could do all those things. But in Romans, he goes a little bit deeper into it. In Romans 12, 4 and 8. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives the, with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy, mercy with cheerfulness. So here he's comparing it to our bodies. He's saying just as our bodies have many members, but they don't have the same function. You know, I have a lot of parts of my body, and none of them do the same thing. Or else my body wouldn't work properly. Even my hands, they look like they're pretty comparable. I can grab with them. But you don't want to see me throw a football with my left hand or try to write with my left hand. That'd be ugly. It's ugly enough trying to see me right with my right hand. Not every, not every part has the same function. 
but it all comes together to work for the betterment of the body. And he's comparing that to the body of Christ, that we are all members, but we all work together. You know, your talent will cover up for my weakness. My talent may cover up for your weakness. And it all works together to glorify God. But the most important part of this verse I want you to realize is, whatever it is, use it. Use them. He's given to you, them to you for a reason. Not so you can sit back and do nothing with it. Use what God has given you. You know, if he's given you the ability to teach, use the ability to teach. If he's given you the ability to lead, lead. Don't just sit back and do nothing. You know, one of the things that was common in the area where I, that I grew up in is when a young man got to a certain age, he was just expected he was going to teach. It didn't matter how old he was. It didn't matter how old he was, but once he hit that age, it's like, it doesn't matter, you're going to get up and teach. And that is a very bad way of looking at things. Because that may not be your particular talent. And there's nothing wrong if that's not your talent. And I'm not wanting to discourage anybody. You can work on that and get better at it, yes. But that may not be something that you're particularly talented at. You know, whenever I was young, I really wanted to... Anybody that knows my family knows on my mom's side of the family is full of singers. Full of them. And me and my dad and my brother are over there in the corner just sitting back going, okay, I wish I could do that. I can't. I can get up here and limp through a song if I have to. But that's not my talent. But I wanted that talent so bad. I wanted to sing like my Uncle Alan so bad. I worked on it and worked on it. It just wasn't my talent. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But am I using what I have? Am I using the talents and the abilities that God gave me? Or am I so focused on what I can't do that what I can do is going by the wayside? You know, we've all heard the saying, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Not everybody can be a leader. A leader is mentioned in this verse. Maybe you're not going to be a leader, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But use what God has given you. God expects us to work. What happened when these men got the talents? Well, when the man had the five talents, he went and received the five talents, went and traded them and made another five talents, and likewise he had received two, gained two more also. Traded with, went and traded with it. He did something with it. He didn't just sit back and on the sidelines and go, you know what, I'm just going to be able to give, God, give the master back whatever I got from him and we'll all be even. He went and did something with it. Do we work in the kingdom of God or are we just kind of bystanders watching everything go by? God expects us to work with what he's given us. If we look at Matthew 28, 19, and 20, this may seem like a weird verse to bring up here, but hopefully I'll be bring it all together here in just a second. Go, ye, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's what the end of work should be. But what I really want to do is break down this verse. And there are certain things that you learn in school, and the one thing that I learned about English is there are certain things called action words. That means it requires me to go do something. The first thing is, it says go. There's something that has to be done. You have to go out and do something. You can't just sit back on the sidelines and say, oh, no, I'm just going to let everybody else take care of that. We have to go. The next thing, what does it say? Make disciples. You know, in order to make something, it takes some effort. 
You don't see a woodworker that's wanting to make a cabinet just sit there and look at the wood and hope it turns into a cabinet. It doesn't work that way. Effort is required to do, that, do things that way. Baptizing them. I know the saving part is done by God, but there's an action that has to be done in baptizing. You can't just sit back and go, I hope he makes it in because I really want to baptize him, but I'm not going to get up and go do it. Now, I hope he makes it. I hope somebody will do it for him, but I'm not going to do it. I mean, there's something that needs to be done. Teaching them. Teaching takes an action. It takes you getting in. You can't teach something you don't know. I've tried to teach something I don't know before, and it didn't work out well. If I don't know how to do it, how can I teach somebody else how to do it? When I was training bus drivers, the, thing that, the biggest pet peeve I had was when people would go, well, this is how I've always drove. You can't drive a 40-foot bus the way you drive your 12-foot car. It's not going to work. But it takes action. Just in this one verse, there's four actions that need to be taken. And every command Jesus gives, there's an action that needs to be done. God expects us to work. In Matthew 9 and 37, he says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Are we working today for God? Because he says if we are, we're part of the few. I know he's, sitting here, he's talking about going out and evangelizing, but are we laboring for God? Or are we doing it for our own selfish personal reasons? You know what I automatically think of when I think of work? It takes effort. <laughs> Where do we put our effort at in this life? You know, some, some work it takes more effort than others. I get that. Driving a cement truck, I have to put a lot more effort into a cement truck than I did when I was driving a bus. I mean, there's just a lot more that goes into it. But where do we put our effort at? Do we put it in our job? I'm going to be the best employee I can be. I'm going to make as much money as I can, and the boss is going to know I'm a good employee. Do we put it into our family? I'm going to make sure we have the best family time. We're going to do everything as a family. We're going to have a good, strong family, and that's where I put all my effort. Travel. I want to be able to travel the world, see great things. I'm going to make all this money. That way, at one point, I can go and travel. I'm going to put all my effort into doing that. Health. I want to live a good, long life. So I'm going to put all my effort into making sure I'm as healthy as I can be. I'm going to exercise regularly. I'm going to eat only what I should eat, which isn't me. But is that what we do? I'm going to go run all these 5Ks. I'm going to run a marathon. Again, not me. But is that something that we do? Is that where we put all our effort in? Education. I'm going to get as knowledgeable as I can on any subject. I'm going to just throw my whole self into education. I'm going to put my effort into gaining more knowledge. Retirement. Am I going to put all my effort into knowing that I can retire at a decent age? I'm going to be able to travel. I'm going to be able to do the things I want to do. Take time off after I've worked a long time in my life. Eddie kind of smiled when I said that. I bet he's enjoying his retirement. But is that where we put all of our effort into? Or maybe fun. Fun's a big one. We all like to have fun. I'm going to put all my effort into being entertained, having a good time. 
As you know, I'm a big sports fan. I'm not having too much fun right now with my Cowboys and my Longhorns. It's just not a good season. But I like to go do those things. I like to go watch sports events. I like to have fun. Everybody wants to have fun. But is that where we're putting all of our effort? Or are we putting into things like Bible study? I'm going to get in the Word, and I'm going to know what God wants me to do, and I'm going to study the Word, and I'm going to know what I need to do in certain situations. I'm going to get in, and I'm going to put all my effort to studying God's Word. Prayer. I want to have a good relationship with God, so I'm going to put all my effort into making sure I communicate with Him on a daily basis. I'm going to put all my effort into making sure I have a good prayer life, and I'm going to talk to God, and I'm going to make sure I put my effort into doing that. Teaching others about Christ. I'm going to learn as much as I can that way I can teach other people and I want to bring other people to Christ and I want to be able to teach and I'm going to just put all my effort into doing that. Fellowship with Christians. I'm going to make time. I'm going to be here whenever we're doing lunch. I'm going to be here whenever we do the youth meeting. I'm going to be here the 17th when we do the family fun day. I'm going to make an effort and I'm going to put all my effort into being here every time we get together. Is that something that we do? Put all our effort into. Singing. I told you I put an effort into singing. It didn't come very well, but it... It's improved. Do we put all our effort into praising God? I'm going to put all my effort into praising God as good as I can. I want to sing songs that, he'll enjoy, that are praising to him, and I'm going to put all my effort into doing that. Meditation. I'm not only going to study the scriptures, but I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about how they apply to my life. I'm going to sit there and think about how the scripture applies to me and what I can, how I can use it in my life to glorify God. Serving others. I'm not going to worry about me. I'm going to serve the for people that need it. I'm going to go out and I'm going to see what people need. I'm going to put effort into it. I'm going to ask them questions and do my best to help other people that need it. You know, on either side of this list, it's not an exhaustive list. It's just things I thought of up the top of my head. And what I don't want you to get is that everything on this side of the list is bad. It's not. It's not inherently bad. As a matter of fact, God commands us to do certain things with our job and our family. There's certain things God commands with that. But where it turns bad is where we spend all of our effort and time here, and there's nothing left for over here. We spend all our time and effort on us. Because that's what the thing is. Everything over on this side focuses on us. My job, my family, my travel, my health, my education, my retirement, and my fun. That's all about me. <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with doing things for yourself. I'm not saying that. But when you put all your effort over here and you don't leave anything for over here, are we using what God has given us for what he intended it? No, because we're using what God gives us to, to take care of ourselves. I don't want you to go away thinking that anything on this list is inherently bad. There's nothing wrong with anything on that list. Just don't put so much effort and time over here that you have nothing left for over here. Another thing we learn from this parable is we're going to be held accountable for how we use what God has given us. You're going to be held accountable. In uh, verse 20, the master's come back, and now he's brought his servants back to give account of how they'd taken care of what he had given them. And the first one came in and said, So he had received five talents, came and brought five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. So he's saying, you giving me five? I went out and made 100% profit on what you gave me. Well, how did the Lord respond to that? His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have, were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And right below that, the, the man that came to made 100% profit, and he heard the same thing. 
So if we put our effort and time into working for God, doing the things that God would have us to do, well done, good and faithful servant. Is that something you would like to hear? Enter into the joy of your Lord? I think we would all want to hear that. But you're going to have to give an account for how you used what God has given you. And I'll be the first to admit, I haven't always used what God has given me to glory him all the time. That's just not something I've done. I think we all can look at times in our life and go, well, you know what? I probably wasn't using that the right way. You know, there's people that have a talent of public speaking, and they are great public speakers. They can give, give, a, give a great speech. But they use it to gain office in politics. Or they use it to inspire people in their company to work better for them so they make more money. Instead of using their gift of speaking and teaching to God. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. So this guy didn't necessarily do anything bad. He didn't lose any of his Lord's money. He just gave him back exactly what the Lord had given him, the master had given him. He was scared of the master. He said, I knew you were a hard man. And I knew if I would have lost this money... It would have cost me something. So I went and buried it, and you have it. It's all yours. It's all there. I'm done with it. You have back what is yours. Well, how did the master of the house respond? You wicked and lazy servant. Do you want to hear that? <laughs> when you're giving account for what God has given you and how you used it, you wicked and lazy servant. You didn't even try. And he says, you knew how I am. You knew I was a hard man. And yet you still did nothing. You know, we know how God is. We know how God operates. We know how God deals with people who don't obey him and serve him. We know how that, how, how that turns out. So what are we going to do with what he's given us? Are we going to hear... Wicked and lazy servant. And then finally, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what? You're so wicked and lazy, I'm going to throw you out of the house. You're going to be on the outside looking in. God could do the same thing to us. You didn't use what I wanted, the way you wanted, I wanted you to use it. You're going to be cast out. You're not going to be in the kingdom anymore. Just like this servant was cast out of the house, we can be cast out of the Lord's house for not doing what he would have us to do. So this comes down to God has given us two things. Now, the two things are, here are big and broad. You can put a lot of things into the two things I'm fixing to bring up. I know he's given us a lot more than two things. But I've to <coughs> but just about everything can be condensed into the, one of these two things, I believe. 
The first thing he's given us is time. I don't know how much time I have. My time may be out when I leave this building today. I don't know. But he has blessed me with a certain amount of time. How am I using that time? Am I using it all focused on me? Am I using it all focused on the things I can gain from this world? All the notoriety I can get in this world? Or am I using it focusing on God? The other thing he's given us is talent. It may not necessarily be monetarily, but he's given us abilities. Some of it may be financial. But he has given us things to look over. How are we using those things he has given us along with the time? What are you doing with it? What are you doing with the time and talent God has given you? What are you doing with it? I can't answer that for you. You can't answer that for me. I have a pretty good idea. I have a pretty good idea you wouldn't be here today if you weren't wanting to put your time and talent into God, but how are we doing in that? You know, I feel like I'm kind of preaching to the choir here a little bit because anytime we have some sort of work going on, a youth meeting, this family event, every time we announce something, boy, there's about 20, 30 people that come to me and go, hey, what can I do? What can I do with this? What can I do with that? We're a hardworking congregation. I believe that. But what happens if we start slipping? We don't need to start slipping. Maybe you're not doing it as well as you should. Maybe you're being a little bit selfish with your talent. Maybe you're being a little bit lazy with it. You know, some people say, well, I don't know how my talent fits in with God. I don't know how I can use my talent to glorify God. Well, the worst thing you can do is sit back and do nothing. Find out. Ask people. Ask the leadership. Hey, what can I do? I, got the, I, got, I can do this. Can I do this? Can I do that? What do you need me to do? Because the worst thing you can do is sit back and do nothing. Doing nothing is a losing proposition every time. Doing nothing, thou lazy and wicked servant. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. So how are you using your time and your talent that God has blessed you with today? Are you using it as it's all about me or all about what I can do for God? If you're not using them in the right way, it's always time. You have the time right now to change that. God has blessed you with the time right now where you can change that and start using the things he's given you in the right way. But one day that time's going to end. One day, one day that blessing of time that God has given to us is going to come to an end for everybody in this room. I don't know when that is, but it's, it's coming. It's going to happen. You know, there was a, a lawyer, and a man came in, and he started saying, I want to make out a will. And the, and the lawyer said, okay, we can make out a will for you. And he started getting all the paperwork ready. And the guy came in to meet with the lawyer, and he goes, okay, if I die, I want this to happen. If I die, I want this to happen. And, and the lawyer stopped, and he goes, hey, 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 it's not if you die, it's when you die, what do you want me to do with your stuff? It's not an if. It's going to happen someday. That time's going to run out. But right now, you have the time to change where you put your effort, where you put your talents, where you put the things that God has blessed you with, because it's all his in, in the long run. Now you have the time. Tomorrow you may not. If we can help you, won't you come as we stand and sing?